0: Hey there, welcome to episode number 21 of the Courage cast. My name is Andrea Crisp and after a brief hiatus over the holidays, we are back and this is the very first episode for the new year and I am thrilled that you are joining me and I could have no better guest than the woman I'm having on today and I'm going to be chatting with Shannon Scott who is a small business strategist and creative consultant about how she has learned to turn her obstacles into opportunities. And as a special bonus, we are going to be revealing two podcast episodes from now on. And I am so thrilled that you are getting to hear it first right here. So welcome back to The Courage Cast. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. It's the new year, and it's time to kick your dreams into high gear. Maybe you spent a good part of last year making excuses why you can't take the step of courage needed to bring your dreams to life. Now, it's not like you lack talent or ability, but maybe you need a surge of confidence to finally break through to the next level. Let's talk about how you can move past the negative ticker tape in your mind so that you can finally walk out your purpose with confidence and intentionality. So schedule your free 30-minute strategy session with me by going to andreacrisp.ca forward slash schedule. The first time I met my guest today was through Instagram, and to this very day, I'm not sure how I found her, but I'm so glad that I reached out and we were able to connect. On a brief visit back to her hometown of Toronto, which is also where I live, we met up for Chat for Chai and had an instant connection. As a small business strategist and creative consultant, she helps business owners meet their ideas with intention and ultimately create higher levels of impact and influence in their industry. She's also the creator of Ideas with Intention, an educational platform and podcast existing to help women prioritize what matters most. She and her husband, Josh, recently made a big move to Hawaii And she was able to join me from there. So I am so happy to introduce you today to Shannon Scott. Well, Shannon, I am so, so glad to chat with you on the podcast today. And like, honestly, seeing you in Hawaii right now (laughs) is making me super jealous. Oh, man, I'm so glad to be here chatting
1: with you. And I'm sending some aloha vibes your way.
0: I love, I love it. I love it. And, you know, I can, I'm having a little bit of sunshine here myself today. So you know what, I'll take all of the sunshine that you will give me from <laughs> Hawaii. And it's so good to have you on here today. And um, I just actually want to get you to uh, maybe tell us who you are, who you serve, what you're passionate about.
1: Yeah. um, So I'm Shannon. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be on the podcast today. Um, And I am a small business strategist and creative consultant. I work with startups and small business owners to meet their ideas with intention, ultimately, and create bigger um, influence and bigger impact in their industries. And I'm really passionate about helping women just do the things that they've been dreaming about doing, closing that gap and taking right intentional action towards the things that matter most to them in life. So, um, that is where the heartbeat of my business is is working one-on-one with people and being able to see the big picture of their visions and help them map out the small detailed process of how it's actually going to come alive. So that's kind of the work that I do. And I, I love it so much. It's, it's so fulfilling and I would not want to be doing anything other than that.
0: So we actually met over Instagram, which I'm still trying to figure out how it was that I found you. You know it's a mystery still. Yeah. But we direct messaged each other, or I think I might have direct messaged you and we connected. And at the time you were living in San Diego and you're from Toronto, which I thought was really cool. And you came home for several weeks in the summer and you were doing this really cool venture, which you'll tell me in a second, because I'm probably going to get the name wrong again. Mm-hmm. And we met up. So tell me a little bit about like why you meet up with like entrepreneurs and people and how you connect with them. Yeah. So the thing that you're thinking of is called Chat for
1: Chai. Um, yep. <laughs> and it's something that I created originally when I had just moved to San Diego. And it was just a way for me to meet new friends and to network and to Find other people to connect to in that space, and so the idea behind Chat for Chai is that I trade business chats for chai tea lattes. I'm a big chai latte lover. Um, I don't drink coffee, so um, I decided to call it Chat for Chai. And you know, I meet with people, and we have um, a cup of coffee. If they drink coffee, or I, and we have, or we have chai, and I spend you know an hour with them just chatting through their ideas and I acting as a sounding board and helping them to find clarity and, and just approach what they're working on in a more strategic way. So it's just a way for me to really give back and just to connect with people. And, um, I ended I started doing it in San Diego and I met so many incredible people there and I thought, why not do it wherever I'm going and just do that little call out. So that was the thought I was home for, um, a few weddings in the summer. Um, from Toronto. And uh, I was like, well, I never really was able to connect with a lot of entrepreneurs before I left because when I was building my business in Toronto, it was behind the scenes and um, on the down low, you know, behind the scenes of my my actual nine to five job. And so I never really made a, I guess, uh, an imprint there in Toronto. I was like, okay, this would be fun to just call it out and see who I can connect to and I was so excited to connect with you and we went for tries and we we had a great time
0: yeah we went to a great little spot on King West and sat out in the sunshine it was quite beautiful actually and it was you know what meeting you for the very first time was a very disarming I felt like I knew you right from the start And I was very fortunate because we we had a fantastic chat, actually. Mm -hmm. It was very helpful for me. And then you came back not long later, like maybe a month or so later, and you did a workshop that I got to attend, which was Ideas with Intention. And I absolutely loved it. And you were able to talk with, I would say, probably about 30 entrepreneurs or 30 women in different businesses, which was amazing. What was probably uh, the instigator for like doing ideas with intention?
1: Yeah, um, it kind of did stem from chat for Chai a little bit, just having these um, these conversations with so many different women. and I felt like there was like this recurring thing in our conversation and I found myself saying the same thing or that, or sharing the same process with different women. And I wanted to kind of put that together in a different way and my backgrounds in meetings and events. And so for a long time, I've been wanting to incorporate workshops or do events in my business and I hadn't yet really done that. And so that's where ideas with intention came from. I was like, I'm going to do a workshop and I'm going to teach this process that I've created for for myself and how I've been able to actually bring ideas to life and and do the, the damn thing you know so mm-hmm. um so I decided to put together this workshop and um have you know that process outlined in the workbook and just have I wanted it to it to be twofold I wanted it to be educational where people do learn the process but I also wanted um there to be time for everyone to pitch their ideas with purpose and actually um, share and get feedback immediately on what they're working on to be able to grow from there.
0: Well, it was awesome. It was very helpful for me. In fact, I've actually used um, your worksheets several times since then. So thank you for (laughs) preparing them for us. It was awesome. So you had mentioned before that you were working nine to five before you kind of went out on your own So, and doing events. What what would, what precipitated your move from like corporate life to working on your own? That's a great question. Um,
1: so I guess it started maybe, so I worked, my last position in meetings and events was I was working for this company for about four years. And I, get, I guess midway through my time there, I started to lose my passion for the meetings and events industry. Um, it just started to fizzle out. And, um, I just felt really creatively constricted, not only by being in like a physical cubicle, but also just, you know, the events world seems glamorous, but the truth was I spent most of my days staring at numbers on an Excel spreadsheet. And I was just like, this can't be it. You know, a lot of it was more, uh, budgets and, and the creative component of the job was very small. And so I just felt like I wasn't utilizing my full strengths. Like I had this whole other side to me and I wasn't getting to utilize that. So I started to explore other things. Um, At the time, I was really interested in health and nutrition. And I studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and got my health coaching certification. And I dabbled in health and fitness coaching on the side And that was really what opened my eyes up to the world of entrepreneurship and online business. And it was kind of like I drank the Kool Aid and I was like, this is really cool. And um, but I, through that whole experience, I realized that health and fitness was more of a personal interest of mine and not necessarily something I wanted to do for a business. Um, And but I again, like I drank the Kool Aid, I was like, what else could I do? And I started to look at the other skills and I loved the entrepreneurial marketing world and I felt like I could really utilize what I did in my job as an event planner in in helping entrepreneurs bring their ideas to life. Um, So I mean that as soon as I got into that world, I was just like, how can I do this instead? And uh, I started building my business on the side. And my husband, he works in hotels. So we both studied hospitality and tourism in school. He went the hotel route. I went the events route. And he had spent his childhood tra- traveling around the world. Um, his dad worked in hotels. They lived in all these different countries. And we kind of thought that that was what our life would look like too. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is all happening for a reason. And I meant to pursue this path. And Uh, I just started to get more and more interested in it and less interested in my job. And, um, Josh at the time, my husband, he was waiting for a transfer with his company and things kept falling through. And every time there was a promise of a transfer, I was, I would get excited. I can finally leave my job and actually pursue this other path. And, um, it would fall through, and I just decided to go out and find a different job for him. So I found this job in San Diego. Um, he is a dual citizen, so he was born in the States. And so he could go and apply, and, and he got the job, and we moved to San Diego. So I sort of manifested that whole move and made that happen for myself. Um, so that was sort of the first one, and wanting to just actually explore a new field altogether.
0: Now, were you already working the online um, sphere before you moved to San Diego, or was that something that happened when you moved to San Diego?
1: It was before. It was all very much so um, on the side, like it was my side hustle, and so weekends, evenings. I felt like I was living two lives, you know, employee by day, entrepreneur by night. Um, so for about a year and a half, I was doing the side hustle thing. And then I was able to kind of branch out um, and do it full time when I moved to San Diego.
0: That's, that's awesome to me. And even the network that you built once you were there was pretty outstanding. And you weren't there probably just about a year Mm -hmm. before you guys decided to move another time. And now you guys have landed in Hawaii. So like, tell me about like the transitions, like you went from Toronto, you started a business, you moved to San Diego, you started to build your business there. You moved again a year later. What has this been like for you?
1: Yeah, it's been a crazy ride. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, nobody likes change, um, but it's something that I'm really learning to embrace more and more. And I'd say, you know, the challenges that I've had to go through mentally and emotionally um, have been very different for each move. So the move from Toronto to San Diego, um, I was excited. I was excited to move. Um, yes, it was scary. I was leaving my home for the first time ever, um, and just even the whole transition of, you um, quitting this identity I had known for so long. I had spent years building in the corporate world. So that was scary on its own for sure. Um, but I mean, I was just more excited than anything to be able to explore this other fields. Um, but this time around, um, and I should say also, too, when I was in Toronto building my business i don't I don't think I really felt like I made a name for myself there yet because I was still just doing everything behind the scenes and was very careful that my job didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really want to you know cross those lines or anything. Mm-hmm. And so um, starting over in San Diego felt like it was just a fresh start. It was scary, but I was excited. but now having spent a year in San Diego, really digging my feet in deep, making really awesome connections and a great network and community there, moving to Hawaii, where this move kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it was, it wasn't expected. So I kind of felt like I was just plucked and planted over here. And, um, it's been an interesting, you know, just journey emotionally to deal with that because I do felt felt I feel like I met and uh, made a name for myself in San Diego. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, connecting with other people and making a great network there. And the thoughts that have been going through my head are like, "Am I able to do that again? You know, will my business model work here? Um, how will I have to adjust?" and and honestly, sometimes it makes me want to curl up in the shell, and which is pretty much the opposite of being courageous, which is, I know, such a great theme to your podcast. Um, so I guess where that courage and what I'm using now, and I mean, we're only two weeks in at the time we're recording this, mm-hmm. it's just, for me, it's about really looking for opportunities in the obstacles. Um,
0: oh, I really, I, I
1: really believe in business. like. Your success is very much aligned with the community you build around you. So when I moved to San Diego, for example, um, I had one friend that I knew of, um, and we never met. Thank goodness for social media. We were Instagram friends. And when I got there, um, she became my next client. She referred me to others, and she introduced me to her circle of friends, some of which became mine. And it started with one person. Um, so now here I am in Hawaii, thankfully, actually knowing one person, um, and we had never met before last week. We were, again, Instagram friends. Um, but I'm kind of just choosing to see that as an opportunity in this whole obstacle that I'm, I'm facing right now and, and hoping that the same story will unfold for me. But yeah, for me, I think it's all about just looking and focusing on the opportunities and the obstacles and seeing what I can control and what I can't.
0: You know, it's interesting that I kind of want to just go there because I actually had a similar revelation about that probably a couple of days ago myself and that I just started working at a co-working space again with a good friend of mine who several years ago we didn't know each other and we got connected and um, since knowing her I have felt that my business and who I am in my business has really taken off. Mm. And I had that kind of thought um, afterwards and thinking, you know, it really does matter who you are surrounded with and who's in your corner and, and having that network and that community of people and having people to bounce ideas off of. And, and so I love that you have been able to find that one person and be brave enough to connect with someone that is not necessarily a friend, is an Instagram friend, mm-hmm. and make them a real friend. Yes, which does work, and I I say it all the time because I have done it over and over again. Um, that you know you can start on social media and then actually have a real relationship. It doesn't have to be fake, and um, it's not all smoke and mirrors. So I love that you're doing that and and finding that that beautiful place in saying, okay, I am going to try again and I'm going to make something out of this obstacle, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. How has it been for you? Like you said, you're just two weeks in, <laughs> there's a lot of emotions going on. Can you like maybe describe like, what is what are those emotions? Like, what are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I think... A lot of um, anxiety, impatience. I'm an impatient person in general, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think because I had built such great momentum, and I mean, looking back at my year in San Diego, I there were a lot of seeds that I planted early on that I saw starting to flourish a year later. So let that first be something that, like, I hope someone takes away from this episode is that you, you sometimes you think that the work that you're doing is not having an impact at all. And it, it literally comes to fruition months, weeks, sometimes days later too. But, um, for me, it was almost a year later that I started to see so many people reach out and they're like, Oh, you're leaving like San Diego. That sucks. You know? And I was like, yeah, we can still work together. I work virtually with people, you know? Um, but it's just the timing of it all. and, and, So I I think I just have been worried that that momentum is going to die, that that momentum that I spent so much time building is just going to fall flat Um, and wondering if I am going to be able to connect with people in the same way because this past year I took a very much, um, I took an offline approach to my business. I wasn't really trying to do a lot of online marketing um, because that just didn't really feel good to me. And I really thrive of meeting people in person, and yes, today I still have clients that I work with that live across the world, and they live in different places, and that's great. Thank goodness for technology. But I think I was so fulfilled by meeting my clients in person while I was in San Diego that I worry about what that will look like here because the reality is I live on an island, and there's only so many people um, that are doing the work that. You know, or a part of the audience that I want to connect with. Um, but as I'm saying that out loud to you, I feel like that's a story that I'm telling myself, and that it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be true, you know. So, but that's the reality of my emotions and what's going through in my head. Um, so I go back and forth around those things. But um, yeah, it's just a worry. It's just I'm such a high achiever that I'm like, oh, I, like is this gonna be a, a slow time for me? And I don't do well with slow seasons. I like to be on the go. Maybe it's a Toronto thing. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it de- well, definitely a city thing for sure. I, you know, usually like one of my questions, which I am going to get to is talking about like how have your past experiences, um, what have they taught you about mm. courage? But you know, it's interesting to me because you're in the middle of an experience and what better place to learn than in the middle and to kind of um, use those past experiences to um, fuel you right now mm-hmm. and to actually move you forward in this process. Because I think so often that we, we forget what we've learned in the past and we forget the victory that we have had already in the wins. Mm-hmm. And we think, oh man, I'm just stuck and here we go again. And we forget that we can use those things to actually propel us forward. Yeah. So what would you say that you, like, um, maybe I'm just asking you more of a coaching question at this point, but um, then a podcast interview question. Sorry, I am a coach, you know, it does happen every so often. But what would you say you're using from your past experience to fuel you right now, Mm -hmm. to actually take you from where you were, what you've learned and move you forward.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. If I'm saying the same thing around looking for the opportunities and the obstacles, if I look back in my life uh, on all the different experiences, experiences I've had, um, one I think one of the biggest obstacles I've had to go through was something from my childhood, and um, this is a, a certain occurrence that happened in my life that I saw reoccur so many different times. Um, so to share with you guys what, you know, in my childhood days, I was bullied. I had a difficult time in elementary school. Um, I was often like socially alienated by the girls, um, that were in my class and I was the chubbier, you know, quiet girl. I wasn't as outgoing or loud or confident as everybody else. And I, I always just wanted to blend in and not stand out. And it was really difficult for me to find my place. And Um, there would be certain instances at recess, for example, where everyone would huddle in a little corner and say, Oh, Shannon, can you just wait over there for a second? We're just having a conversation. They'd exclude me. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of time during that time in my life, I felt rejected and I would curl up into the shell, which is pretty much the opposite of the picture of courage. Right. And, um, I didn't feel as though I was ever really worthy of being in the spotlight, um, Or, you know, just because of all these different reasons that people were pointing out to me. And, you know, for that reason, because of that fear of rejection, I actually decided to go to a different high school and get a fresh start. I really just wanted to have friends that actually wanted to be my friend. And for the first time in a long time, um, I hadn't let somebody else make that decision for me. And one of the best decisions I ever made. My high school years were great. They turned out to be awesome. and every time uh, after I was challenged again to either you know hold on to my power or give it away, every time I chose to hold on to it, I st- I started to gain more confidence and courage, um, and belief that I was worthy of being in that spotlight. So, I mean, now I look at it as that that fear of rejection has been an obstacle that's come up a couple times, and I see that in my business. You know, as an entrepreneur, everyone sort of has that fear of you know, you want to get the clients, you want to um, get noticed, you want to be accepted. And um, that to me, I'm very aware of that fear that comes up. And I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just trying to use it as a way to keep going and to find the courage and and remember that girl that made the decision for herself. So I guess that's one of the biggest um, experiences for me that shaped me into the person I am.
0: I love that story like i <laughs> I love that you took ownership at that age and actually were able to make that decision for yourself because I think a lot of girls probably struggle with that, mm-hmm. and I, if we're honest, we probably struggle with it as women as well mm-hmm. in so many different ways throughout our lives that you just think you're getting over feeling like you're a part of something and then you immediately fear rejection again. And what does that look like if you're not included? Or, um, and that could be in social circles and it can also be professionally. Yeah. And I feel like there's probably a lot of women that might actually be listening right now that that is a big thing on their radar, is wondering like, am I going to be rejected for what I do? Is what I do good enough? Um, am I good enough? Am I likable enough? Am, like the, you know, the list goes on and on. And I love how you're, you're saying that when you took your power back and when you knew you had it, and it was like something that was inside of you just to kind of ignite it. Yeah. And it's like maybe igniting again and again, you know, continually saying, you know, I have to do this again for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that courage builds over time. I don't think it necessarily means that you're the most confident person or the the biggest risk taker. I think it it does. It it happens over a series of small commitments or just like simply simply a willingness to want to make a change for the better every single day. Um, And so that's even how I look at courage now, with being able to like keep going as an entrepreneur and to keep on this path of pursuing my dreams and my ideas, it's just because that whole path can be super overwhelming, as you probably know. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) So I think you know my courage really comes through those small commitments, Um, just the willingness to keep going and a belief that, again, everything's happening for you and not to you. I look at that experience from my childhood and I'm like, that happened for a reason that I'm so grateful for, even though that was a a really hard time in my life. I'm grateful for it because I was able to learn from it and be able to support others who might be going through it as well. So I think that's why we all go through experiences to be able to share, um, and, and help others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, the more women I talk to, the more I hear that, you know, they have a story sometime in their life where they felt excluded Mm. and, um, or they felt excluded as adults, you know, either or, um, And I think that's something that we all probably struggle with. If you were to say, like right now, like what would be that like one thing that you're completely willing to fight for in life? And
1: yeah, I love this question. So you ask the best questions on the show. Thank you. I think that the thing that I'm most willing to fight for is living. It's helping others live an intentional and inspired life. Um, I still see so many people like me who, you know, the person I was three years ago who felt constricted in my little cubicle and feeling unfulfilled with the rules and just doing, not being able to do the work um, or utilize the skills that we've all been given. Um, feeling like you, you haven't reached your full potential, right? Um, and almost a year ago now, um, I lost my dad to brain cancer. And if there's one thing that I have gained from that big of a loss, I think it's the reminder that we have one life to live. And I know you hear that all the time, but it's so true. It's life is short. Tomorrow's not promised. Um, And so I don't think that we have time to waste our gifts, you know, and um, so I say, you know, if you have a dream or if you have an idea in your head or in your heart, it's, it's time to make it happen. It's time to get wildly intentional with, with your life to prioritize what matters most to you and let everything else fall away. Um, I've had a couple people comment even on my lifestyle, um, lately of how lucky I am to be traveling around and moving from Toronto to California to to now in Hawaii. And I feel like lucky is the last word that I would use to describe, you know, this whole experience. And the first word I would use is intention. Um, You know, many people fail to realize that I set this intention a long time ago and to be able to live like this. And both of my, my husband and I did. We wanted to travel the world. And so we planned for it. And I took action to see that through. Um, so yeah, if there's one thing that I'm most willing to fight for, it's helping others have this level of intentionality in their lives, um, so that they can do the things that they were put here to do.
0: Why do you think that people don't know that they can live with intention?
1: I don't know if they, if they think that they, they can't. I think it's Mm -hmm. just, they don't know how, or they feel overwhelmed by, all of the different directions. And that overwhelm is real. You know, it can really keep you paralyzed and and keep you from moving forward, keep keep you procrastinating every single day. And um, sometimes I think it's just going through that whole process on your own is, is difficult. And so that's why I think it's so great to have coaches and to have, to connect with people that are like-minded and are, are on a similar path because I'm a verbal processor even. I like to talk things out and I feel like you get so much clarity and things can be so much more simpler than you think they can be. So it might just be you know, staying in your own head about the whole thing and not really realizing that there could be a really easy way to make a change.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot when I'm coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear a lot of women say you, and they use the word purpose a lot. Um, I'm not sure what my purpose is, which I think feeds into intention, yeah. like definitely does. And, um, when I hear that and, and I am in hundred percent agreement with you, I feel like that's probably why we align so well is because a lot of my coaching philosophy is that we are all gifted to do something mm-hmm. and, I want to empower women to live with purpose and live with intention. Yeah. So, and I think it's funny to me, like how um, we are doing similar things in different ways. Yes. You're doing it from a business strategy standpoint, and I'm doing it from a life and um, more helping women with their confidence and getting that understanding of, well, what what is it Mm -hmm. and how do I do it? And then you're taking the woman who knows how and showing them how to, like, actually how to flesh out those ideas and mm-hmm. really go for it. Which I, I love the connection there for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, you, you probably can say this too with the work that you do with your clients. It's, um, I think, being intentional. It's about a lot of small different steps. So it, if it seems overwhelming or they don't know how to be or that you can't be intentional. It's looking at what you can do. And like, it's that first step. If you don't know what your purpose is yet, what can you do to find out more about it and be intentional about that little action step? So I think it starts Mm -hmm. there. It's just like all the reverse engineering, all the small little things, um, so that it's less overwhelming. Um, because I agree with you. I feel like we're all put on this earth to do, um, something great. And, uh, there's one of my, my favorite quotes, um, that I love by El Luna. Um, I forget the name of her book. She's an author, but she says all too often we feel that we aren't living the fullness of our lives because we aren't expressing the fullness of our gifts. And Mm, I truly believe that. I feel like we can have that level of fulfillment in life if we learned how to express the fullness of our gifts because I think that's what brings us joy is feeling like we're doing something that we're we're making an impact with our life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. What would you say to like maybe someone who is starting out and has just kind of discovered, okay, this is what I want to do. I have like a seed Mm. of understanding, um, but I'm not really sure what to do with it. How would you tell them to be intentional about that?
1: Yeah, I would say go slow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to go slow. And, you know, if you figured out just a little bit of an ounce of something that you're passionate about, then like, slip into the season of deep learning about that one thing um, because I think that will allow you when you are ready to take action, you can do it more intentionally. Um, and I find that we all, we like, we live in this time where, where we want everything to happen quickly and in our own timing, we want it now. Um, but we fail to realize that sometimes we haven't yet become the person to be able, the person that we need to be to carry out those ideas and to carry out those dreams of ours. So by going slow, by, you know, really just digging your feet in deep, you're able to develop those strengths and find clarity. So I think that's what I would say. It's just, you know, give your ideas, give your, um, whatever's pulling at your heartstrings, give that space and stillness because sometimes that's where um, the best things are, are, are born from. And Mm -hmm. also like, honor yourself too, and give yourself grace because switching into a completely new field is a whole different ball game. Um, And I've done it. And I think it's important to give yourself grace and space to do it.
0: You know, and and to add to that, because as you were saying that, because I have also been there, that I understand that completely. Mm. And I probably didn't extend that grace right off the bat to myself, and the trap I fell into is thinking I should have been further ahead um, than I was. And because I, I had come out of two previous careers before going into coaching um, and had already seen uh, success in them, then I just assumed, well, I should just naturally be successful already. Mm. And that doesn't always happen right away. And so you might be doing the exact thing you're supposed to be doing, but you're seeing someone else further along in the journey, and they are having these successes that you might want. And it feels like to extend that grace and go slow and do your do you, just do your own journey seems pretty hard when you're just desperate to make an impact. And you know, I, I do want to live purposely and I do want to live with intention. And it's like but it's so slow and nothing's happening. <laughs> you know, like I'm never, you know, getting where I want to go. And mm-hmm. so that's, a, that is such great advice. I wish that I knew that when I was starting out. Yeah, for sure. I think,
1: you know, some, some days you're going to be able to run really fast and some days you can't, right. It's looking at, I, I kind of always pull in like health or wellness <laughs> um, analogies. Um, but going at your own pace is, is the right pace for you. And, um, I really don't think that your ideas or dreams necessarily have an expiration date. It's, they're meant, they were given to you for a reason and they're meant to be lived out and lived out loud, but in your timing. Um, but don't hang, and also with, with saying that too, I also want to say like, don't hang on to them. Um, too tightly for too long. Um, because I think, a lot amen, of sister. Us, yeah, I think a lot of us create such great work in the world or great content, but we don't release it. And if we aren't releasing our work, we're not going to be able to grow and improve and, um, you know, make an impact on the world if we're more holding on to it. So, yes, go slow, but also take small steps and take that action uh, to see your dreams through, Dream, see all those ideas through.
0: Now, for you moving forward, um, there's probably a lot of things on the horizon, a lot of things that you can do, but if there was one thing you would regret not doing, what would you say that would be? Ooh, that's
1: a good question. Um, There's Yes, I have many ideas of things that I want to be doing in the future and next year. Um, If there's one thing that I would regret not doing, I think it would be like working in, an, uh, in a completely different space or like different, like traveling. That is my one regret. If I don't spend my life traveling the world and getting to experience different cultures and different lands, I will regret doing that. And I think I'm, I'm, I chose this line of work for a reason and for that reason so that I can do it in different places as well. Um, but it's such a, a big passion of mine, travel. It's a shared passion between me and my husband too. And I think that travel's magical and it creates so many different opportunities that you would not have seen otherwise um, or experienced otherwise. And it also gives you a greater sense of empathy. Being able to connect with other types of people and hearing their stories helps you to see how your stories fit together. So um, that's probably one thing that I would... Um, regret having not done is travel the world.
0: Now I'm curious because I have been very impacted by the women in my life. And, Mm. um, some of them have just been the everyday ordinary person, but some people are, you know, are, have been, um, more in the spotlight, but who would you say for yourself has been, um, a woman that has impacted you? Mm. um, I
1: have to say my mom first. Like, (laughs) My mom will probably listen to this episode and be like smiling from ear to ear. But Mm -hmm. um, I mean, from a young age, she really instilled this fierce belief in me that I could do anything. And as someone who didn't get to follow uh, through on her ideas, on her dreams, she made sure to tell me to pursue mine. So I always feel like I get my drive and my determination in life um, from wanting to prove her right in that way. But besides mom, um, I think you know, I wouldn't say it's one person. It's a circle of people. Um, the women that have been so pivotal to my success have really been my circle of business BFFs. Um, even more so than the mentors that I've had in the past, even mentors in real life or like from afar. Um, Mm -hmm. because when I look at my circle of friends that are doing similar work, um, you know, I see them in the trenches with me and they are the ones that keep me in the game when I feel like quitting. Um, So I really try to surround myself with quality human beings in that way. People that have that same level of drive. um, And I think they're the ones that have just helped me to stay focused. And they tell me also, I was on a, um, a phone call with my good friend from San Diego. We caught up yesterday. And at the end of the conversation, she told me, she's like, give yourself grace. You're you're doing a great job. And I was like, Oh, I just needed to hear that. Like, it's just those little tiny things really matter. Um, so yeah, those, those women are, are my favorite people in the world.
0: Yeah, which we circled back right to community, Mm -hmm. right back to where we started, Yes, which, you know, um, I firmly believe in it. Um, I think we are better when we're working together. Our ideas are better. Our creativity is better. We are better. And I think for a long time, I probably, I've always had amazing women in my life, but I've also grew up with, uh, in a in an era where it was like, okay, you have to prove yourself and you've got to go, go it alone. Mm. And, um, and so learning through maybe the millennials in my life of uh, that collaboration piece and working in a team environment and then masterminding and doing things like that really, really opened my eyes more to what it was like when you actually work with others and work as a team and have those people to surround you and support you. And, um, that has made a tremendous difference in my business and in my life in general. Yeah. And, and I think for people in any industry, whether you're an artist, an actor, a entrepreneur, you're have a side hustle, you're at home with kids, whatever it is, I think you would be, um, really doing yourself a disservice to not have a network of women. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. And there's a vulnerable piece in that. There's the, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, the possibility of not being accepted or like, you know, are they going to like me for who I am? Am I going to be good enough for these women? That, That whole thing. But I think, um, like that is just such a, a motivating, um, place to be is when you're surrounded by people who will cheer you on to the finish line. And yes. So I love that you have those people. Mm -hmm. So important. And I
1: feel so grateful for them having had that experience when I was younger, you know, um, have going through that time where I'm like, nobody wants to be my friend. And now I have so many incredible ones. So, um, it's, I treasure my friends. They're true gems.
0: And you know what I would say to you, I'd be like, I don't know who would not want to be your friend. I mean, so like, you know, yeah, I, always find I, <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Like, I mean, they, they did not know that the true quality that was in you. And that's, you know, I think that's sad. And that's um, part of the reason I think we need to change the next generation of women and really put out something that that really infuses women to come alongside each other because yes. girls need to come alongside each other because it's hard when you're, I mean, probably not very many seven year or eight year olds listening to this right now, <laughs> but you know, when you're seven or eight or when you're 13 or 14 in middle school or when you're a freshman in college or whatever, it doesn't matter the, the place you're at if you're in competition with one another, you're ultimately going to feel worse about yourself Mm -hmm. because you're comparing yourself to someone else.
1: Yes. Oh, comparison. It's the thief of joy. You know, you hear that all the time. Um, But I struggled with that a lot with the beginning part of my business being triggered by what other people were doing. And Um, there came a time where I finally was able to make the shift when I learned to play to my strengths and realize that I had strengths that were different than so-and-so. And and just because they're having success doing this over here, doesn't mean that, um, that's the right, you know, direction for me. So I think playing to your strengths is another important thing to combat comparison.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if you were going to kind of leave like a legacy, a message behind or mm-hmm. something that you really want your life to to share with others, what would you say that would be?
1: Yeah, um, my message would be that your ideas are worth knowing and sharing with the world. Um, no matter how big, how small they are, they're given to you for a reason, and like I said earlier, they're meant to be lived out and lived out loud and um, and I think as much as your perfectionist will get in the way like mine has definitely come up many many times it is important to release those ideas and and see how they're going to impact the world and and just be able to um, utilize your gifts and go out there and see how they can impact the lives of others so I just want if I would if I would leave something today in today's episode it's it's definitely that your ideas are worth knowing and see them through take action take intentional action towards them or if you are at a, a point where you're, you're not really sure which direction to take um Hang on to your community and allow them to support you and help you figure it out. Um, and that's basically what I've done. And I've been able to see how the, my ideas have impacted others. And that's like the greatest thing ever. Um, it's the best feeling of fulfillment. So I think that would be my message.
0: Now, I would highly recommend people connect with you if they have an idea or they're thinking about how they want to move their business forward or they're unsure of how to do something specifically and they're just looking for a sounding board and someone to process with, you are the girl to go to for certain. I know even just the few conversations that I've had with you have really helped me get the ideas that I need and put them out into the world. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say connect with Shannon, but can you tell people where can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, best place to connect with me is um, on Instagram, actually. I love Instagram. So I, I know you're going to share my details and probably the show notes, but it's just at Shannon Scott. Um, you can ha- come and hang out on my website too, which is shannonscott.com. And my also favorite place to hang out is my podcast, which is called Ideas with Intention. Um, which I love that is the joy of my business Um, but yeah I I love to be that sounding board for people and I have this ability to be really big picture so if you're somebody that has a million different ideas and you're multi passionate I can rein you in I promise Um, (laughs) thank you so much Andrea this was such an amazing conversation
0: I am so glad that we were connected in real life, and then connected again several times after um, every time you go to Toronto. I feel like I owe you a visit. (laughs) Yes. So (laughs) you have come to Toronto, not necessarily to to see me, but I, you know, I think that you did. But um, you know what? I can definitely see you, and I would love. You know what? Hey, if you guys are going to Hawaii and you want to connect with Shannon, and you want to like glean from her wisdom. Find a way, go on vacation and go out for chai with her yes. and get all of the knowledge and wisdom out of her because I think uh, when this podcast will air, we'll probably be in the new year. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a great way for you guys to really start moving um, your new year forward and being really intentional about what you want the year to look like. And so thank you from the bottom of my heart, Shannon, for being here today. and. Um, Guys, go ahead and definitely connect with her. And thank you again, Shannon. Thank you, Andrea. I absolutely love the advice that Shannon shared with us about going the pace that we need to and that our ideas don't have an expiration date. It was a great reminder to me to run my own race and not worry about what's happening around me. So hopefully it encourages you to stay the course. And if you want to find out more about ideas with intention or to connect with Shannon, then head over to thecouragecast.com. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.